So my brothers and sisters, let's pray. God, our Father in heaven, we love you. Father, we've uh, sung our songs to you. We've prayed to you. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the remaining time that we spend in honor of you, adoring you, worshiping you, Father, that this is every bit of your service, nothing to do with us except that we may be burned, Holy Spirit, by you, that we may be taught by you, that you're purifying us. Lord, we want to leave this service different than when we came in. Father, there is no doubt in my mind that there are uh, many different ideas, uh, many different perspectives among this body of believers and some maybe not so much believers this morning. But Father, I pray that when we leave here, because of the experience of being in your presence, you change us. Lord, for your will, more, more conformed to the image and more conformed to your will that we, we understand what your will is and then we're empowered to, to leave here and to do it. Father, in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen and amen. So last week, my brothers and sisters, we talked about the fire of the Holy Spirit and um, I, I still believe that the, the fire uh, is so mistaken and so misunderstood by many and, and maybe not so much. Maybe that's just my perception. But um, jumping off that platform, last week we, were, we uh, one of the, the um, scriptures that we ended with was Proverbs 17.3. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace is for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. My brothers and sisters, listen, I, I love this scripture because, and, and certainly because of where the, the Holy Spirit has us right now. now. But look, look, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. You're talking about the refining pot, the burning, if you will, of, of, of the garbage, getting, separating the, what's really, what's right, what's, what's, what's pure from the, from the trash, from what's unpure. What's unpure is being separated. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. Now, I would pray that you don't be a distraction to anybody around you. This, this, this word is much too important. So right now, in Jesus' name, I pray. Lord, I pray right now that greater is He who is in us who believe right now in this moment. And Your Word will be brought forth and it would be understood. Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. And the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you. You will not distract in this place this morning. Amen? Amen. So now let's continue. In, in 1 Peter, our faith is compared to gold, right? Look, look what it says. Don't think it's a strange thing to have you rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. In 1 Peter, it's, it talks too about that, uh, you know, these tests and these trials, it tries our faith and it has to be tried like as gold, as gold is tried. Then we go again to Proverbs 17 and it's talking about silver and gold rather in the, in the refiner's pot. So now let's go to Proverbs 25, 4. Take away the dross from silver and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. 
Now, let me ask some of you women this morning, did you put on any jewelry this morning? You didn't sleep with it on. You made a decision to put it on. Some of you may have slept with some of it. I don't know. Maybe you don't have a jewelry. I don't know. You don't trust somebody. But, that, but think about it. When you put on jewelry this morning, did you want to put on something that looked good? Now, Michelle uh, uh, sometimes will we'll put something on. How does this look? Wants it to look good, right? You're, you're doing something that is attractive, Something that is, is, is nice looking, not ugly, not you know, marred or anything like this. So now let's go back to Proverbs 20. Take away the dross from silver and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. So now again, going back to the lesson from last week, to the message last week. The Holy Spirit is burning away the impurities in us. Amen. Why? God wants to show us off. Amen. God wants to use us to look good. Amen? Amen? God, see, that, that's what this scripture is teaching us. That's what this is all about, my brothers and sisters. The Holy Spirit, the fire of God, to burn away what's impure in us, that we may shine, that we may look good, that we may be attractive. No, not so that Tony looks good, Tony looks you know, tight, Tony... No, it's so that who Tony represents. It's the character of God. It's, it's, the, it's the glory of Jesus coming through me because the Holy Spirit is burning away all of the inconsistencies, all of the worldliness, all of the, 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 the things that are abomination to God, the things that are not good, the things that make me listen. I can be the greatest looking guy in the world but be the ugliest on the inside. Amen. So this is after, my brothers and sisters, this is after, this is when the Holy Spirit starts to burn. God has a plan for you. He wants you to shine. He wants you to be a, attractive. Why? Because He's attractive. He's attractive. He's glorious. And He wants His glory to shine through you. And the only way that that glory can shine through you is if the impurity gets burned away. That's the fire of the Holy Spirit. Just forgive me as I struggle with this just a little bit this morning. I have to get married to redo that. Okay. So now, last week, we talked real quickly. It was about um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They're, they're, that was the names that were given to them by the Babylonian king, but Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And Daniel was also part of that, who was Belteshazzar. He changed his name, the king did, to Belteshazzar. Now, remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went into the fire because they refused to bow down to the king. They, they had it in their minds, in their hearts, and, and that was it. They were worshiping the Lord. They knew who their Lord God was, and they were worshiping him, worshiping him and him alone and would not compromise. But before the furnace, there were some other things that took place, and you'll remember this. Now, Jerusalem was sacked by King Nebuchadnezzar. And he took all of the good things back to Babylon, back to, to his kingdom. And as it was in, in, in you know, ancient times, what they do is they conquer and they take everything that's good, including the people, wise men. And that's what he said, take the wise men, the smartest, the, most, the best looking, those who are educated and those who could you know, add to our kingdom, those who could help us because of their education, because of their stoutness, because of their good looks, get them. And so separate them and then start treating them as the king's people, right? And so what happened was they were going to eat from the king's table, eat the king's meat and drink the wine from the king, all of the best of the best that the king and his court had to offer, these men would be um, partakers of. But now it bothered Daniel because he can't do that. These are, these, these, this is going to defile him. He's a Jew. He's, he's walking and, 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 and following the true and living God. This is not right. 
So he had favor with the overseer, and he said, look, let us do this. Just let us eat the vegetables. And the overseer said, no, I can't do that because when you go before the king, if you look a little bit skinnier, if you, you look a little bit weak, he's going to take it out on me. So we remember this. Daniel says, just give me 10 days. Let's try this for 10 days. And if after that, we'll see what happens. But Daniel knew after 10 days what, what, what would happen. So that's, that's, that's chapter 1. That's before the fiery furnace. At the end, of, in, now, now listen, in First Daniel, I'm sorry, in Daniel chapter 1, 15, here's what it says. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who had ate portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four young men, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. See, I've, I've highlighted that for you because my brothers and sisters, if you'll remember a couple of weeks ago when we got into this, you know, the gifts, desire gifts of the Holy Spirit, these charisma gifts, these power gifts, these things that God gives us, by his Holy Spirit. This is part of it. They were given knowledge, wisdom, and Daniel was able to understand dreams. He was able to interpret. He was, see, do, do you follow me? Is, is this tracking with where we've been so far? So this happened because these men refused to go ahead and walk according to the, the, the culture, according to the pressure, according to the power in that moment. No, they chose to walk according to the eternal power, the one who they knew was the true and living God. That's what they chose. And as a result, they were given more of this charisma, more of this spiritual uh, gifts, more of this spiritual manifestations in their life. They had power. Why? Well, see, they'd already had a, a little bit of burning. Can you imagine, my brothers and sisters, being in that situation? Daniel is taking a risk. Going to this man that he has a little favor with, going to this steward and asking him, let us not eat that stuff. Let us do this. So he's trusting God that if we don't defile ourselves, you're going to take care of us. We're going to be healthy. We're going to look well. In the meantime, now he's, he's, he's speaking for his compatriots. He's speaking, and, and I guess he has confidence that they have just as much faith and conviction as he does, but regardless, now they all are doing this. Now, you know darn well that some of these other guys that are in this same situation that they are, what's up with that? You know that they're getting stared at. You know that they're you know, getting looked at. Eyes askance. They're getting some stink eyes, and what, what, what's wrong with you guys? What are you guys different than us? What are you guys better than us? The same stuff that you go through. The very same stuff. Amen? But yet, they held firm. They did what they were supposed to do, even though it was unpopular in that moment, both from the standpoint of their people around them and certainly from the powers that be. Come on now. Is this tracking with you? I'm going to tell you because the longer we live in this culture and the longer we live in this society, it's going to get more and more difficult for you and I to live as His holy, righteous people, His sanctified people. There's going to be more and more pressure on you and I to compromise. But we can't. Why? Because we know the truth and we're responsible for what we know. And we have this right before us, showing to us, ministering to us. But then comes chapter 2. 
See, we know what happens. These guys are so successful in chapter 1 when they are finally are brought before the king and he quizzes them. He, the king finds them to be 10 times better than anybody else. Amen. So now all is well. Hallelujah. No, no, no. Then comes chapter 2. Then comes chapter 2. Chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar eats some bad pizza or something. He's having bad dreams. He has some bad dreams, or he has dreams, as it were, and he can't, he, he don't know how to interpret them. So he calls all of his astrologers, all of his wise men, all of these soothsayers, all of these magicians, and he says, I need you guys to tell me what this dream means. Now, I owe you guys an apology, I think. I think a couple of weeks ago, I don't know how long ago it was, when I gave this uh, example as it relates to Joseph, who was you know, really led by the Spirit and given spiritual gifts. I think I said when he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, he had to give the dream and the interpretation. But in my studies, I got my, my things a little bit crossed. No, all, he, Joseph actually had the dream told to him and he interpreted the dream. It was Daniel. Because here's what Nebuchadnezzar tells all of his wise men and, and magicians and soothsayers. No, no, no. I don't want you to just tell me what... Um, the interpretation of the dream is, I want you to tell me what I dreamed. Their king, in all the world, this hasn't been done. You tell us what the dream is and we'll tell you what it means. And he tells them, I know you're just wasting my time. You're just trying to buy a little bit of time. I'm telling you, and I mean it, you tell me what the dream was and what it meant and then I'll know. And they can't do it. So now Nebuchadnezzar is ordering for all of the wise men, which would include... Daniel, Hananiah, right? It would include Daniel's gift. But so now Daniel goes and says to the leader, he says, you know, uh, don't kill anybody yet. But I want to read to you real quick, if you'd let me, uh, and, and just follow me. I'm going to read from 20, if I can. Help me, Lord. Actually, I'm going to read from 2. Verse 13, so the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then with the counsel and wisdom, Daniel, with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. They answered, and he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. Do you understand? I mean, I don't know if we understand. I don't even know if I fully understand. The decree has already gone out. The king's already made up his mind. They're killing. And so Daniel, listen, Daniel goes into the king and asks him for more time. Now the king, I, he doesn't know this, but the king has already told the others that, no, I know you're just trying to waste time. Let's get on with it. But now Daniel is going in and he's asking for more time. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret. What did Daniel do? Give me some time. Let me, go, let me have time and let me get with my brothers and let us go and seek God. Here's what he didn't do. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Again? 
Again, first, I've got to convince them that we can't defile our God. We prove to them that this is the true and living God. We're right. They bring us into the court. They, they esteem us highly because they, it's, it's proven that we're ten times better than anybody else. And now this? Are you kidding me? Something else? What next? What did he do? He didn't complain. He didn't cry and moan. He said, brothers, let's go after God. Amen. Let's seek God. We got a situation. And it's time to seek God. My brothers and sisters, God revealed what the dream was and he um, gave the interpretation of the dream uh, to Daniel. I'm going to read to you now from uh, what, what Daniel... There's, here's how Daniel responds. And please, I, I know that when I read and, and stuff like that, I'm trying to get through it quickly. I don't want to bore you. But I want, please, pay attention to this because this is important. Okay? So I'm going to try to read carefully and slowly but I really am going to trust that you're not going to fall asleep on me and that you'll really listen to these words, okay? So now remember, Daniel has the revelation from God now. He knows what the dream is and he knows its interpretation. So here's how Daniel responds. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom, remember, wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise. Why do the... What? What? That makes no sense. He gives wisdom to the wise. I'm sorry, I apologize. That's chapter 2, and I'm reading right now from verse 21. <clears throat> no, man, listen. You're wise if you're seeking him. If you're seeking him, you got, some, you got a little bit of wisdom, right? So he's going to give, so you're already wise. Why? Because you're seeking him. So there's something, the spirit inside of you, that measure, that, that measure the spirit that was, that was dealt to you when you became born again. Man, if you yield to that and you seek him, he's going to continue to give you wisdom. It's not someone who is highly educated, someone who has a high degree of intellect like Mary. It's not going to be, it's not going to be somebody who is, you know, even though she graduated from the wrong school, she's pretty smart. <laughs> Go Gators! No. Anyway... He removes, uh, and, and please forgive me. I mean, I, I just, uh, this is so serious and I made, I, I'm so sorry. He changes, <laughs> that, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those have, who have understanding. If you already have understanding, why do you need knowledge? Because there are some things that you understand and you're seeking after him. They, he, they showed us. They showed us. They had a degree of knowledge and wisdom. And because of it, they sought him. And when they sought him, guess what was delivered to them? More! Hallelujah! Be faithful in the little things, and he will bless you with greater things. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might, and have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. Hallelujah. I, I think that that prayer of thanks is very revealing. It, it ministers to me, and I hope it ministers to you as well. So we know that, that he goes in, Daniel does, and he tells the king, but he glorifies God. He, sa he tells the king the dream, and he says that only God can do this. Only God. 
can do this. And it's God who revealed this to me. And he tells Nebuchadnezzar exactly what he dreamed and what it means. Nebuchadnezzar has them burn incense and, and bow before him, worship Daniel. And, and you know, that's how he's taken back. See, everything that was ordained was ordained by God. That was ordained totally by God. Nebuchadnezzar's dream was given to him by God. Daniel told him such. And, and, the, and Daniel was in the right place, right where God had him. He had the right companions. He wasn't hanging out with anybody else. He was hanging out with the right guys so when he needed some help, he can rally around people who can get a hold of God. People who are like-minded. People who are like-hearted. That's what church is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what church is. Man, we can rally around each other. We can pick each other up. If you've got a, if you're, man, if you're having it bad, I don't care if you fell. If you fell off the wagon, come back in here and let's get back on the wagon. Don't worry about not coming. Well, I can't go. They're going to know. So what? We all mess up. We all miss the mark. But my brothers and sisters, that's not an excuse to keep missing it. You're hearing something now, you see. So that later on, if something bad happens and you miss the mark, don't say that I can't go back there. They ain't going to let me back. They're not going to love on me. You come back. I'm telling you now, you come back here and you confess your sins. And He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Welcome back. Welcome home. Been waiting on you. What took so long? Hallelujah. Man. But don't use that as an excuse. Don't mock God. Hallelujah. See, they go through all of this and then they're raised up, they're lifted up, and now Daniel is put in charge. And then he asks the king, one of his first requests of the king is, hey, can my three friends help me in the field and be in charge? I won't have to leave the court. They're going to help me out. Yep. Hallelujah. God raised them up, put them in positions because they honored God. And God filled them with more wisdom, gave them more spiritual power. Why? Because when the fire came, it burned whatever dross was in there, and they stayed true to the word. Hallelujah. So then comes chapter 3. Now comes the fiery furnace. Now comes the real fire. You're going to bow. Oh, no, we're not. Our God is able, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. And the king, the same king that was lifting these fellows up, that promoted them, that was bowing and worshiping at Daniel's feet, this same king now says, throw those three guys into the furnace. Are you kidding me? Lord! Look at what happened and you raised us up. We're in charge now. We're doing all this stuff. Are you kidding me, God? Why, was, why is this happening to us? We did everything that we were supposed to do. There's other people out there that, how come, man, come on, God. Give me a break. Is this tracking with anybody? Come on, Lord. This is not supposed to happen. We've been following you. I mean, I did just what Pastor Tony said. I'm reading the Bible. <laughs> Lord knows I had to dust it off before I picked it up. But I've dusted it off, and I'm reading it every day. And I'm trying to do these things. I don't curse anymore. Except when they cut me off on it. Well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen. 
Are you kidding me? The fiery furnace after all of that the Lord has brought them through and everything that they did to follow after the Lord. But I love what they said. Listen, our Lord, He's able to deliver us. But even if He doesn't, we're going to do the right thing. Hallelujah. They got thrown into the furnace. And we know we talked about it last week, but I love talking about this. One of my favorite stories in the Bible because when they were thrown into that furnace, my brothers and sisters, bound... There was another one in there. Jesus met them down there. And when Jesus met them down there, those bindings were burned off and not a hair of their head was singed. Hallelujah. See, that's what Jesus wants for you. The fire of God is meant to burn up all of those things that bind you because He wants to bless you. He wants to raise you up. And every time He goes to raise you up and the fire comes so that you can be made more pure for that next level, you complain. You moan. You grumble. You compromise. But we're so fortunate. Not only do we have the law and the prophets, we have New Testament, and we have their example. See, look at what we're preaching today. Look at what we're studying. Look at what we're going by. And then in a minute, we'll give some New Testament um, perspectives. We have all of that to go by. We're not looking at something that's, you know, way out there somewhere. Maybe if we can really, you know, get our mind's eye and we can just really think about this. We could picture these things. They happened. It's written. It's assured. You, something happened to a lot of you in here. You've experienced the touch of the Holy Spirit. You know that you're born again. You know that you're saved. You have an experience. But we have this word, you see. We have this word. We have this relationship. But I love what Psalm 119.18 says. Just listen to me. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Open. See what, the, see what God is saying to us? Through the prayer of the, the psalmist. Open my eyes. Was he blind? Spiritually, yes. Allow me to see spiritually the wondrous things. Let me gaze upon, let me look at the wondrous things. I know what I see with my natural eyes. But Lord, I'm asking you, open my spiritual eyes. Let me see the wondrous things. Look at, from your law, from, uh, from your word. From your word. Let me see the wondrous things from your word. Let me look at this and see we're looking at it right now. We see a wondrous thing done. So well, that, that, did that really happen? Yes, it really happened. Those three Hebrew boys were thrown into that fiery furnace. They were thrown in. And they came out without smelling like smoke. But the things that bound them were gone. Jesus met them there. And Jesus met them there because they refused. They refused to be polluted by the things of the culture, by the things of what the prince and the power of that air. Come on now. Hallelujah. The gift of God, Holy Spirit, allows us to see and understand spiritual truth from the Word. He allows us to experience Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus is within us, convicting. Now, it's some New Testament perspective because the Holy Spirit is mispreached, mis 
taught about, that has been misrepresented. Uh, so I'm just going to continue and Lord help me. In Acts chapter 8, <clears throat> Philip, the evangelist, is preaching. He was a deacon. He's preaching in Samaria, and Samaria receives the word of God, and revival breaks out in Samaria. People are receiving. Even Simon, remember Simon the sorcerer, received the word of God and was baptized. He believed in Jesus. Now, word gets to the apostles in Jerusalem, so Peter and John go up, and they pray for people and lay hands on them, and when they get they, their hands laid on them, the they get filled with the Holy Ghost, and things start to happen. Now, Simon the sorcerer sees this happening. He sees this power that these people come uh, to have when the apostles lay hands on them. So now he says, let me pay you so that I can have that power. I'm going to read to you Peter's response. When Simon saw that through the laying on of hands of the apostles, of the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone whom I may lay my hands upon receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift, listen, that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Wait a minute, I thought he was baptized. Yeah, but there was still a lot of world in that guy. See, there, there was still a lot of world in that guy, and evidently there's this unction of the Holy Spirit in him. He's got some, but he doesn't understand anything. And he's still operating according to his natural. And so now, instead of advancing, he's saying, I'm going to do what comes natural to me. I'm going to go ahead and pay and get this power. Because if I get this power, I can make some, some money. Come on now. If I can, why did he want that power? He wanted to be noticed. He wanted some status. He wanted to maybe make money. But the fact of the matter is, he wanted that power to lay hands. Not the power just to receive the Holy Spirit, but the power to lay hands so that people receive the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people out there who say that they're ministers of God. They're in it for the money. Aren't we the same way to a degree? See, we, we want the gifts, we want the benefits of the Holy Spirit, but forget the fire. Tithes and offerings. See, we try to buy Holy Spirit power. We try to buy closeness with God. Well, I'm, I, I'm giving my tithes and offerings. Should you give tithes and offerings? Absolutely. Absolutely. But not to gain anything, but because you know it already belongs to God. Amen. So if you think that you're giving tithes and offerings, and then, okay, now God owes you. God does not need your protection money. I've said it a hundred times. Now it's 101. God does not need your protection money. So all you do is you're, you're, you're saying, God, you matter more to me than this Almighty. This is yours. I'm giving this to you. This is the, 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 the tenth of the first thing that came into my hand. This is yours. I just lost a couple. There's probably people that were listening on the Internet that just shut me off. Yep, I knew it. Sooner or later, he'd talk about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about faith and trust in God. Amen. I'm talking about obedience to God. And see, the Bible also teaches me in the New Testament, how could you see your brother in need and close your bowels of compassion? How could you not have compassion on your brother or sister who you see in need? That's Holy Spirit. That's fire. And you give. Why? Because there was a need. That's it. No, now God owes me. See? That's how people think. Then don't sit in here and think that, you know, you've never thought that. You've thought it because there was so much teaching that centered around that. So now, my brothers and sisters, you're hearing a different teaching. You know a different word. You know the truth, the word of God. Now, hey, listen, how about this? I'm going to go to church Sunday. And matter of fact, I need, God, I need some good luck. I'm going to church on Wednesday too. 
How about that? Now God needs really to bless me because I sh- I'm, I'm buying this favor with God. See, we're like Simon. We're trying to get the goodness, the, the, the grace, and the gifts, and the manifestations, and we want the next level, but we want it by paying God off. It, it can't happen. Should you come to church? Absolutely. Should you be here on Wednesday? Shh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's some Bible study and there's some praying going on on Wednesdays. If you can get here, you should get here. But, but here's the thing. God is here. Because there are more than two, I'll guarantee you, more than two that are gathered in the name of Jesus. And he says, where are the two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So God is here. So if you come, you come, you're going to be in the presence of God. But here's the other thing. You're in the presence of your brothers and your sisters. People who love you, who care for you. There's some accountability here, but there's also some edification here building up each other. Amen? Fellowship with people who truly love you. How about this? God, I'm going to give up my bad. See, God, I don't curse no more. See, God, I, I, I put down, I don't even drink anymore. I'm only going to have one drink a week. Well, good for you. I'm a, you know what, God? No more cigarettes. Just once in a blue moon. See, now, I, I'm saying this stuff, and see, I'm going to sound like an old-fashioned preacher. You smoke, you're going to hell. You take a drink, you're going to hell. I'm not even saying that. What I'm saying is by you giving it up, you think that you're buying some favor with God. You think God owes you something. No, not at all. It's not that God owes you anything. It's not that God now has to go ahead and do a good deed for you or lift you up to that next level, have more spiritual acumen, have more of a spiritual gift, more spiritual manifestation in your life because you did this. You're doing this to get that. No. It doesn't work that way. We do the same thing as Simon the sorcerer. I saw that. I heard somebody speak in tongues. There's healing. I need healing. I want to have have the gift of healing. I want to go ahead and interpret tongues. I want to prophesy. I want to do... God, so now if I stop doing this, then I'm going to get that. No. I could do a good deed. I could help somebody. There's there's a homeless guy over here. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to give him food. You should give him food because he needs food. Not because you're wanting a spiritual gift to God to bless you with a spiritual gift or God to give you a, to the, get you to the next level. Is this making sense with anybody? Is this too harsh? No, my brothers and sisters, these are very easy, simple habits for all of us to fall into. But we don't want the fire. We don't want God to test us for our faith to be real and strong and be like gold. Get the impurities burned away from us. That's what it takes for you to get to the next level, is for your faith to become more pure. For you to go ahead and stand this test. And I've, all, I've got experience. I stood that test. Just like the Hebrew boy, I stood that test. And there were more things, more bondages, more garbage was burned off of me because I withstood that test. That's when you get to the next level. Hallelujah. That's when God blesses you with more. How about this? I got another example, and I love this, and we've talked about this many times before in our church. But Peter, remember, uh, Peter was the one that was always boisterous. He was always the one that stepped up. He was always the one, you know, would, would open his mouth, and, and he did receive rhema from God. But then also, when they came to arrest Jesus, he drew a sword, and he, he was going to fight him. He was also the one that said, gee, I'm not going to let this happen to you. You're, they're not going to take you. You're not going to die. And the same Jesus that said you receive rhema is the same Jesus that said, get behind me, Satan. Why? He says, because you care more about the will of man than you do of God. Right? That was that whole thing. But now this Peter, this same Peter, now when Jesus is arrested, it says very clearly that he's following as they're taking him to the house of the high priest. He's following at a distance. 
See, I'm afraid that there are a lot of us who think that we're Christians, and maybe we are, but we're following at a distance. See, and then when Jesus is inside being interrogated, uh, there, there were the, in the courtyard, they had the fire going, and people were, were keeping warm, and it says that, G, that Peter was just staying warm by the fire. He was staying warm by the fire. What he really needed was to be burned by the Holy Spirit fire. But instead, he's being satisfied right now, being, at, being near Jesus at a distance and just staying warm. That don't cut it. I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, in our church, in our church, but in his church at large, those people who call themselves churches, we've gotten so comfortable with following Jesus at a distance. And we're at such a far distance, we look like everybody else who's just trying to stay warm around the fire. We're just trying to stay a little bit warm around the fire. We don't quite look like them, but we almost look like them. No, my brothers and sisters, that's not how you get to the next level. Get in the fire. Let the fire burn away the trash. Let the fire burn away all of those things that are tying you up, that are binding you up, that are keeping you from going to that next level, that are keeping you from getting that close to God, that all of those little things that used to bother you, you don't even pay attention to them anymore. They had no effect on you. Those fiery darts, like my brother brought up earlier, what fiery dart? Didn't even know there was one. That's great because God has now prepared you for that fiery javelin that's coming your way next because it's coming. Jesus didn't say if the storm comes. He said when the storm comes. And, and, and Jesus is not going to be always there to blow the storm away in the other direction, but he will be there to carry you through the storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But here's, here's what I know. Let me ask y'all something. If, if you're going through something, just to say you're riding out a storm, hurricane's coming, you're in a shelter, and you have a couple of people who are just not doing anything but complaining and whining and moaning about conditions in the shelter. Man, it's hot. Man, I, I don't like this food. Man, this water's warm. Are you going to stick around? Either I'm throwing them out. Somebody's leaving. <laughs> somebody's leaving. Or I'm going to lose it. Shut up. No, my point, though, is will you really want to be around that person? No. The complaining, the moaning, the carrying on, looking at the negative, instead of knowing that there's a storm out there that's designed to take you out. But because you're in the shelter, because you're you know, hunkering down, sometimes you just got to hunker down, sometimes you got to go ahead and put up with some things, but just hold on, because that thing that was meant to take you out, Jesus is riding through it with you, and that's sometimes you just got to ride it out, just ride it out, shut up, zip up, if you got something to say, say it to God, Amen. hallelujah, praise the Lord, so he's warm, but he ain't hot, he needs to get, so my, so we know what happens on the day of Pentecost. What happened? The fire fell. Why did it fall? Because there were uh, 120 people who listened. Listen to what? Listen now, remember. They were afraid for their own lives. It's been about 40 days and Jesus has appeared to some of them from time to time and at one point he appeared to 500 of them simultaneously. He appeared to 500 of them at one time, but there was only 120, I'm sorry, in that upper room. There was only 120 in that upper room on the day of Pentecost. So that means out of all of those people who saw Jesus alive after he went into a tomb, dead. Dead, you hear me? Dead. 
when he came out and all of those people saw him, there was only 120 people that listened and obeyed. Tarry in Jerusalem. You will be baptized not many days. You're going to receive the gift of my Father not many days from now. There were 120 of them, and the fire of the Holy Ghost came down, fell on each one of them. And after that happened, they were, they were afraid. They were nervous. They didn't know what was going on. Peter stood up right in the middle of everybody. There was a crowd there because there was a holiday going on. There were people from, there were Jews from all over the place in that, in that area. And that, when that Holy Spirit fell, Peter got up and he started preaching. And he preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He preached that Jesus was their Messiah and you all killed him. You didn't believe him, but he, this is that which the prophet Joel has spoke about. And he let it rip, baby. He shucked the corn that day. What happened? Fire. Fire happened. He got over. They, listen, they didn't pay attention to their fears anymore. They just obeyed God. God said, wait. You wait in that city. You wait. Did they know how many days? No. Did they know that it was going to be on the day of Pentecost? No. Wait. You're going to be baptized. Wait. The gift of the Father is going to come down. Wait. Can you imagine 120 people in a room? They didn't have air conditioning. I don't know whether it's hot or cold. It don't matter. They didn't have air conditioning. There were, there were bodily needs. There was all kind of stuff. Can you see this? Man, after the sixth day, man, I don't know. I think it would have happened by now. Don't you think it would have happened by now? Maybe, man. Did, did he really say that? Did he say, wait here? Maybe we're waiting in the wrong place. I don't know. Man, I sure get... Man, I'm, yeah, the food here is terrible, man. Did you, and you see that one over there? I mean, which... Come on, man. We're going to sit with him, her, them, that. Now, this sounds silly, and some of you are chuckling a little bit, but you know what I'm saying is real. It's real. We're going to look around our surroundings. We're going to be uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, do you think all of those 120 people were very familiar with each other? They all in love with each other? I don't think so. You think there wasn't some crying kids up in there? Man, I've been in church where a kid cries and everybody... <gasps> it's just a kid. Baby. They do that. They cry. <gasps> no. Uncomfortable. You know, is it holy? Are they singing hymns? What's going on? And God forbid somebody sings the wrong hymn, sits in the wrong place, talks to the wrong person. Why are you talking to them? How come you ain't talking to me? How come you know? Gives, gives you, you know, they, they ain't even thinking about you and they just make maybe glance in the opposite direction. You see, see that? Go ahead, look at that one. See the way she's treating me? I'm not trying to be funny and I don't think you, I think you know that. That's human. That's, that's how we are. But it, there was at least 120 people that sat there and waited. And because they obeyed and they waited, because they took the chance and just obeyed God, the fire came. And it burned some more of those bondages. They, hey, listen, they weren't afraid anymore because that thing, that was no, they went out into the street. When that Holy Ghost fell, they went out into the street speaking in tongues and proclaiming the wonderful things that God has done. They didn't even know what language they were speaking, but they just went out there and obeyed the Holy Spirit, not worrying about who was going to see them. They were being made fun of. They were being mocked. They didn't care. They just kept going. And that's when Peter stood up and hallelujah, the Holy Spirit of God burned away all of that fear, that bondage. So now watch. We've looked at Old Testament examples. 
We've looked at a couple of New Testament examples, bad and good. But now I'm going to give you a here and now example. All right? And I'm going to break again, like I usually do, I'm going to break the, the norms of homiletics. You're not supposed to talk about your self-experiences and all this other stuff. But I can't help it. Did you see that catch, Mike? Has anybody had any rough times recently? Has anybody had some really great times recently? Hallelujah. See, I I, want to be in the position. I want to be in the mindset. I want to be of the spirit where I can obey him in everything, give thanks. But I got to be honest with you. (laughs) Man, the last few weeks have been extremely tough and very frustrating. And I've missed the mark. Thank God nobody headed for the door. I was thinking this. Man, uh, between, you know, the profession, the church, the family, we got this and everything. I mean, uh, you know, I told you about when we came back from vacation, the air conditioner broke. You know, everything is just everything that can go wrong. And I know these things are, in, in and of themselves, everything is just kind of small. But I found myself where I can't walk from here to there without somebody. And now Steve and Eddie may be able to testify to this a little bit because they see what my days are like out there. But I I may not be able to walk from here to there without getting a phone call or without somebody stopping me. And usually when they're calling me or stopping me, somebody's either somebody's mad at somebody or somebody's uh, there's a big problem that only I can solve. And you know, are you with me? And so it's just this and that and the other thing. Now watch. You hear what I'm doing? You hear what I'm doing? Sounds like I'm complaining, right? I am. But this is just for illustration. Forgive me, God. Because here's, I'm telling you this to to make this point. Because, man, I'm telling you, it got up on me. And I told you, I think it was last week or week before, forgive me, but now I'm out there, I want to see my grandchildren, I got to go pick up, and I'm out there in the sun and baking and all this. Was that last week? And I'm baking in the sun. and like, Come on, Lord, give me a break. Come on. It didn't get better this week. It was terrible this week. Horrible. So what did Tony do? He got in his prayer closet. He got a hold of God. No. You know what I did? I vented. But then one morning, and I think it was Thursday morning. Michelle, correct me if I'm wrong. Thursday morning, I was up real early. And I got in the room, and I'm trying to study. And I think I'm preparing for, you know, the next message and I've, go, and I've already got it. It'll probably be next week. I don't know if the Lord allows it. But, but then all of a sudden, there was, I, I have a lot of things saved on the desktop so that I could find it quick and I need to quick, you know, just hit it. And there was something that said about a proverb. So I clicked on it very uh, quickly. Uh, would you, it, it was uh, Proverbs 29.11. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. And thank you, Nile. Would you please leave that up there for a while? So now I clicked on that, not knowing what it was, having already been through this week. I've already prayed to God, God, I need a little help here. I need a little relief. You know, help, help your son out. Come on. But I've already prayed to God, so I'm sitting there studying, and, and I'm working, and I'm, I thought maybe this would help my, in my studies, and I hit that, and immediately I read that, and I was burned. The Holy Ghost burned me up. Burned me up. Felt horrible. 
I felt horrible because I knew what I was doing was wrong. Is this tracking with anybody besides me this morning? See, this message is for me, folks. Burn me up. And I found myself dreading being myself to the extent that I let you down, God. I'm your minister. I don't want to be disqualified. I got to practice what I preach. I feel horrible. Now, I've got a great wife. And if she wasn't sitting right there, I'd still say that. But I shared with her, and she said, well, you could vent to me. I mean, because I apologized to her. You know, and, and, and no, you could vent to me. That's okay. But it's not real. It's not right. It's not what God has commanded. And that's showing, see, my brothers and sisters, if I really want the power of God to flow freely through me, not despite me, because he wants to do a work for you, so he's going to bless me despite me just to get to you, because that can happen. But here's the thing. If I really want the power of God to flow through me, I want to get to that next level. Listen, I, I, this is, God is exposing me. God has just exposed me, and I've been totally transparent with you all. God totally exposed me. You've got this problem. So you think you're in a place, and you're not there. You've got this problem. Are you hearing me this morning? Do you understand? Will you forgive your pastor? My brothers and sisters, man, it wrecked me. And I'd love to say to you from that point on, everything has been hunky-dory. It got worse. And, and I'm still, and I'm still seething, and I got this, and God just spoke to me. And when he spoke that word to me, I got away from my desk, away from my studies. I went to the chair, and I'm praying, God, I stink. Help me. I can't, this is, uh, please forgive me for all of this nonsense. Shut my mouth. Make my countenance change. Because even when I don't say it, Michelle says I see, she sees it. So you know, change, my, even people around me that have been around me for a while, they see it in my face. So God, I stink. I'm terrible. Why do you put up with me? But, but God, help me. I love you. I, I want to be right. I want to I serve you. I want to do what's right. So Lord, help me. Change my mouth. Close my mouth. Change my face. Father, help me. I'm, be I'm begging God. And, and, I, and again, I would love to say to you, man, from that moment on, man, God zapped one on me. No, I got to work at stuff. God is saying, I'm already here working in you. I'm, telling, I'm talking to you right now. Why do you think you know how much you stink? <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> right? So now let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22, and we're going to wrap it up here. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I have it listed this way, my brothers and sisters, so that we can go by these one by one. And, and, and please, I know if we go just a little bit long, just forgive me. And I hope Christina, who's taking, teaching the young people, will forgive me as well. Uh, some of you just, when she comes out, just explain to her. It was really important. It was really good. And then maybe she'll forgive me a little quicker or easier. Do not quench the spirit. 
Now remember, even last week, and you guys know this from past experiences uh, together, that word translated literally means like throwing a wet blanket on a fire. Don't put out the fire. Don't put the fire out. So how am I putting the fire out? By complaining. If I'm complaining or if I choose to compromise, go a different way, I'm putting the fire out. Act unwisely. Remember that word, wisdom? Remember that word, wisdom? Right? Don't act unwisely. God has given you some wisdom. God has given you some information. So act according to that. Be wise. Do not despise prophecies. Don't despise the truth. Now, some of you, I mean, I think most of you can relate. I think this message is tracking with some of you. I know some of you had some tough times, and, and then, maybe, then, then maybe you hear what I'm saying to you. Man, if you're doing this, it's wrong. We shouldn't complain. We shouldn't moan. We shouldn't murmur. Or, you know, I'm, I'm saying that these things prevent you from going to the next level instead of saying to you, oh, you're going to be okay. God loves you. God loves you. Grace has got you and all that. Yes, all of that is true, but my brothers and sisters, we have to do these things. See, but now when I say to you all of those things and I'm telling you how, you know, God has, is trying to change us, this fire is to burn us, some people don't want to hear these kind of messages. So what they're going to do is despise this kind of message. Go someplace else to hear something different. Come on. And I'm not trying to, listen, I am not trying my, I, I, I promise you, I'm not criticizing any congregation, any church. I'm saying this is what the Word of God says. And that's why we have so many different churches and so many different denominations is because somebody got ticked off and they went down the road and did something else. Yeah. My brothers and sisters, do not despise the truth. Don't despise God's Word. Listen to the Word. And don't, listen, don't despise his messengers. Test all things. Wait, 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 wait. Let me pause here for a minute. You know, Michelle and other people in my life, God has used to speak to me. God has, used, God has spoken a word to me through other people, sometimes through people I didn't even know. So now, it may be something that I don't like. That also qualifies, don't despise prophecies. Anything that's divinely uttered, anything that is coming from God, don't despise it. Don't reject it, no matter who's giving it to you. Now, I, I, listen, I stopped, I backed up, and I said that for a reason. You may be suffering that thing that you don't want to hear it from this person, or this person said it, so you're going to disregard it. I'm saying to you, with everything in me, by the Holy Spirit, don't disregard it. If it's the Word of God, then re I'm telling you, receive it despite who may have given it to you. All right? Okay, let's press on. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. These things have to be coupled together. See, and that's where this test all things goes. Don't worry about who's saying it. Just make sure it lines up with the Word of God. Right? So you test all things. What's the test? It's got to pass the Word of God test. Test it. If it's lining up with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in you is burning you, it's burning you, I want to tell you, when I clicked on that and that came up, I didn't have to wonder, is God talking to me? Are you getting me? And so I'm not the only one in this room that has had that experience. So I know you've had that experience. But the whole thing is test it. Make sure whatever it is, that message, that divine prophecy, that uttered word to you, make sure it really is the word of God. Test it against the word of God. And then listen, 
the stuff that's not the Word of God, let it go. Still don't despise the messenger, but let it go. And see what it says? Hold on to the good. Whatever, you, whatever word you receive, make sure you cling to it. Make sure it clings to you. Are you with me? You've got to hang on to it. You've got to hold fast. Hang on. Do it. Receive it. Do it. Are you with me? All right. And then last, abstain from every form of evil. My brothers and sisters, see, see this, this will quench the spirit in us because we allow ourselves permission to walk that line. You know, I remember, you know, there was a time way back when and I was in churches and some of you guys can uh, testify to this. Where the old timey uh, preachers and teachers, would, yeah, they said television was a tool of the devil. Anybody remember anything like that? You know, movies and all this other stuff. If you, man, it, it's a tool. I'm, I'm, I'm be honest with you. It is a tool of the devil. Movies, television, all the media, social media, all of it is a tool. But let me just tell you something. The devil is using everything as his tool. Anything that can distract us, anything that can manipulate us or pry us from the Word of God, from the truth, he's using it. TV is huge. So, here, let me tell you why it's so huge. Let me ask you all this, and don't answer. But be honest with yourself. How much time did you spend watching TV this week? How much time did you spend reading and praying? Compare the two. How much time did you spend on the computer this week? Whether it's the computer on your phone, whether it's the computer, how much time did you spend on the computer or on social media, playing games, doing whatever on the computer? Compare that to how much time you spent reading and praying. I'm not, see, again, this is the kind of word that you know, drives people away. But listen, we got to be honest, right? I don't want you to quench the spirit in your life. I, I, listen, I want you to go to the next level the, the, because that's God's will for you. God's purpose, God's plan for you is for you to grow in your faith, for your faith to become pure as gold. So the trials and the tests that are coming on you, they're designed for that. That's Holy Spirit fire burning you, making you more pure, preparing you from the for the next level. So watch what movies are you watching? What are you allowing yourself to see? What are you allowing yourself to do? Who are you hanging out with? Well, this has been my lifelong friend and blah, blah, blah. Do you act a little different around that friend? Do you act different around the people that are... The, when you're around me, do you act different than when you're out there? When you're around Miss Michelle, do you act different than when you're out there? And we're nobody. Because when you're out there, God is there. Amen. See, we're nobody. But do you act different when you're around different people? Do you allow yourself that? Because, see, that's flying right in the face of verse 20. Abstain from every form of evil. Abstain. Get away from it. Stay away from it. That's part of letting go of the bad and holding on to what is good, right? Last thing. Now we're going to go back to our opening verse and I'm going to close. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Remember? Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Christ was tried. Man, he had people hating on him from the beginning. His own family. And then he, he withstood actual trials, kangaroo courts, 
where people lied on him to the extent that after he didn't even defend himself, he just let it be, and then he was hung on a cross. So he put up with all of that. So now when we put up with these things that we put up with, when we put up with these things that we put up with, we're sharing in the sufferings of him so that we can go to the next level. Why? Let's go to the next verse. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. You want to be happy? You want to have joy? I'm, I'm talking about having true joy. When you go through these tests and these trials, you get to experience a little bit of Christ's glory. See, this doesn't mean we got to wait till the end and then see him in his... Because he's, he's the glorious Jesus now. He's risen to a different glory. But he's also given us a glory now that we can be partakers of. And that's what we're working toward and that's what he's working in us. So when we start going through these fiery trials and we hang in there, we let the Holy Spirit burn the garbage out of our lives, start burning up all of those things that bind us. When we stop compromising with the culture and with the world and we allow ourselves to go ahead and maybe hang with these people, watch this movie, watch this show, drink this, do that, do the other. When we stop that, we're not earning his favor. We're letting him clean us up. And just by the very... See, God wants to pour out on us. He wants to pour it all out on us. And he's trying to make us vessels that can receive it. But he can't pour his blessing into a dirty cup. I love the Lord, and I know you do too. I don't like it a lot when he spanks me, when he burns me. However, it's not because I'm disappointed in him. It's because I've disappointed him. It's not because I think he's being unfair, and I just can't.